0: Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is September 2nd, the 245th day of 2019, meaning we're in this year's last quarter, giving us 120 days until 2020. During the evening hours in early September, look skyward to the south to see a famous asterism known as the teapot a pattern of stars that in a dark enough sky, such as ours in down-east Maine, will help to locate the galactic center of the Milky Way. Also, as darkness falls tomorrow evening, our waxing crescent moon will vie for attention with the constellation Libra the Scales, whose alpha star Zubanel Ganubi and intriguing green star Zubanes Shalam Ali will augment the burgeoning lunar light below and above, respectively. And by midweek, just at dusk, Jupiter and Antares will share the scene. Today is the birthday of critic and animal rights activist Cleveland Amory, who was born the son of a wealthy textile manufacturer from Nahant, Massachusetts, in 1917. As a youngster, Cleveland, using a BB gun, naively shot a bird, finding he had merely wounded it and wondering what to do next. His father, however, said, You shot it, you kill it. And the horrible incident was the beginning of Amory's development into a crusader against animal cruelty. During his childhood, Cleveland Amory's aunt, Lucy Lou Creshor, took in many stray animals and helped Cleveland obtain his first puppy as a child. After graduating from Harvard, Amory became the Saturday Evening Post's youngest editor for a couple of years before serving in the U.S. Army's military intelligence from 1941 to 1943. Thereafter, he worked variously as a writer and reporter and traveled widely, witnessing a bullfight in Nogales, Mexico, which influenced him profoundly regarding animal rights. Meanwhile, he was writing a best-selling series of social history books commencing in 1947 with The Proper Bostonians, in which he lambasted the pretensions of upper-class society among the descendants of Massachusetts Bay colonists. Decades later, in the 1980s and 1990s, Amory was busily launching another best-selling series of nonfiction books. This time, the focus was on Polar Bear, a stray, starving, white cat whom he had rescued from a Manhattan street on Christmas Eve, 1977. The Cat Who Came for Christmas appeared in 1987, followed by The Cat and the Curmudgeon in 1990, and The Best Cat Ever in 1993, published after the death of Amory's beloved stray polar bear. And speaking for bears... Maine wildlife biologist Randy Cross, who has been studying black bears in Maine for more than 30 years, recently opined that the 2019-2020 bear hunting season is likely to be tougher for bear hunters than in the recent past, owing to plenty of natural bear food in the woods, which means bears will not be as tempted to visit bait sites as they might have been in less productive food years. Quote, the relative abundance of natural foods on the landscape, close quote, says Cross, quote, has the greatest influence on hunting success and physical condition of the bears, close quote. Thus, the Bangor Daily News appended this headline to an article on the topic this past Friday by John Holyoke, quote, bear hunters may have hard time filling tags, close quote. Hence, folks who like to stuff barrels full of scraps from Dunkin' Donuts and then wait nearby for a hungry bear to show up and to shoot it may be somewhat chagrined this season. But other folks who believe such activities are unsportsmanlike and inhumane will probably be hopeful that a few more bears may escape such a demise than in previous years. In either event, today will remain our annual celebration of Labor Day, a day which trade unionists in the late 19th century proposed be set aside to celebrate labor. Promoted by the Central Labor Union and the Knights of Labor, the first organized parade was held in New York City, and in 1887, Oregon was the first U.S. state to make the holiday an official public one. Seven years later, in 1894, Labor Day had become an official federal holiday celebrated by 30 states. Today is also the birthday in 1948 of Terry Bradshaw, in 1951 of Mark Harmon, and in 1952 of Jimmy Connors. Today, as well, back in 1931, Bing Crosby made his solo radio debut. For more no Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to a splendid Labor Day.